Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to Handbags at Dawn, the podcast that cares not what your handbag looks like. Here, it's what's inside that counts. Yes! We're your hosts on this handbag exploratory session, Charlotte Edmonds and Jessica Johnson. Having worked as a TV creative at Psycho for nine years, I decided to go freelance, giving me great flexibility as a mother of two, allowing me the total freedom to work through the night every day of the week. I feel so alive. I'm a broadsheet journalist, magazine editor, so I specialise in getting to the very core of the story, unless it's a family whodunit involving felt tips on my sofa. <coughs> this is the one where we get serious about serious mental health issues with a seriously good writer. <coughs> We're very excited to introduce today's fantastic guest. This talented, charismatic writer started her career with youth and showbiz skewing features and columns, first in The Express and then The Daily Mirror, very much bringing the party to print journalism as one of the 3am girls. This led to a job at The Telegraph, where her witty, candid columns and high-profile interviews in both the newspaper and Stella magazine won her huge readership and recognition from the British Press Awards, where she was shortlisted for Young Journalist of the Year. Her first memoir, The Wrong Knickers, shot to the top of the Sunday Times bestseller list and her newly released latest book, Mad Girl, will surely follow suit. This is the incredible Bryony Gordon. Well, that's quite an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Thank well, you for oh. joining us on Handbags at Dawn. It's my pleasure. I've bought a big chocolate bun that's in the middle of the table. We're all being we're terribly all polite. Staring at it. Circling <laughs> it like vultures. So we're here ultimately to talk about handbags yes. to start with and then we see where we go from there. <laughs> yeah. And often we don't end up with handbags would you describe your handbag to us first okay. well it's not really a handbag in fact when I take it with me which I do everywhere people say is that your daughter's bag my daughter is three um so my handbag I use the term very loosely is a backpack from Kath Kitson and it's got sort of clouds all over it and it's turquoise bright yellow there's a bit of kind of neon pink in there and I bought it in Heathrow Terminal 3 last year when me and Edie were going on a work trip 
to the Maldives. I know it's really tough. And they <laughs> this place had opened up an island for children. This place called Niama. If you're feeling very rich, you can go there. It's amazing. But anyway, we were so we were flying out, and um, my daughter chose this moment to vomit all over my existing hand luggage. So I went and bought this backpack, and I never really had a backpack, not since I was at school. But what I found is I suffer quite a lot from obsessive compulsive disorder and depression, and I found walking really helps. When you're walking quite long distances across London, having like a posh handbag on your shoulder, it's not good for your posture. I've got to that stage of life, guys, where I'm like, <laughs> no, I probably could afford to splash out on like a Mulberry handbag or a Chloe or something if I went to Bista, maybe. I mean, that's not going to head of us. <laughs> and I'm like, why bother? I could spend that money on like a sofa. That's the other stage I've got to in life. I'd rather spend money on like home goods. But I haven't stopped saying like all the time, so I do it. <laughs> <laughs> She's still you. <laughs> so my backpack has become my trusty friend. I also sometimes inside it I put a little clutch bag if I need to because you can't go to an event and turn up in like a fantastic dress with a backpack on but I'm not mostly in fantastic dresses it's only this week while I'm promoting Mad Girl I don't have to be in dresses but I kind of am because I fell over in heels on Saturday at the Hay Festival you did a Jennifer into, Lawrence into a flower pot <laughs> no I, I, I was really embarrassing and grazed my knee I'm having to wear long maxi dresses instead of trousers I use it as an excuse to go and buy a selection of nice glamorous maxi dresses but you cannot wear the backpack with the maxi dresses so I've had to take a smaller bag but I can't fit anything in it this is the other thing I can put my makeup I can put the there's a pair of knickers in there at the moment. Um, don't ask why. I hear what you're saying, but why? <laughs> but I tell you why it was because I was doing an event where I was wearing Spanx and I knew that as soon as I got off stage, I was not going to be able to bear to wear the Spanx anymore. So that's why I bought the spare knickers. But unbelievably, I stayed in the Spanx. Is that because they couldn't physically be removed? They are notoriously difficult to get off. Yeah, I love I, what they do. They're still on me now, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a Victorian child being sewn <laughs> yeah, into yeah, their clothes yeah, yeah. in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the alarming thing when I I tried on my first pair and it's like oh wow they're so tight you need an opening so you can go to the loo yeah, without having to de-sausage yourself <laughs> like ch- <laughs> like chaps have had for years yeah, they've basically. had life made so easy for them blokes, I know if only all knickers came with a pull out bit so you could <laughs> yeah. just yeah I mean I suppose they're called crotchless pants aren't they they're not really thought of as kind they're of not the sensible yeah. um, you know I'm actually pleased we've got to this point so quickly I know it doesn't like, take long it never bar, takes long yeah. with me <laughs> that's not even one of my key items well should we have a look inside your bag and find the first one I'm going to bring out my fluoxetine tablets commonly known as Prozac my antidepressants and it's like a really battered old box that's fallen apart everywhere you go in my house out of reach of a child obviously is a box of Prozac just so I don't forget to take them in the morning obviously antidepressants people are kind of quite funny about them but I kind of think with depression and OCD and all those things illness is like any other so say I went to the doctor and I had pneumonia I said actually no, I don't want any treatment I'm just gonna let it rampage around my body without any medication people would say you were bonkers so yeah I'm a kind of big believer of Prozac in conjunction with talking therapies so I go to therapy every week but um yeah a battered box of fluoxetine your book Mad Girl yeah is about this subject and you've been incredibly brave I would say no, as well no but there's people say I haven't gone to war I've just sat down in my kitchen in my pants and written in a book and no I would counter I think you have been brave there's an awful lot of what you said in the book that I would never talk about possibly because I'd think mm, what will people think of me and I would imagine I'm um, just pontificating
indicating that you've done that for this reason to help people realize that there are other people who are possibly feeling this as well you're not alone yeah basically I'd spent my 20s writing this kind of like confessional column about party days and then I got married and you know I was honest about birth and I thought god I haven't actually ever written about the kind of background to that which has been since I was 12 this horrible obsessive compulsive disorder that's made me think I'm dying or that I've killed someone or people kind of really trivialize OCD and they think it's all about having an orderly sock drawer and when I tried to tell someone I had OCD they go oh yeah I've got OCD too it's really good because it keeps me organized there is nothing good about OCD it's obsessive compulsive disorder it isn't just being clean although that is a part of it and when I was 12 I became obsessed about germs and washed my hands until they bled and I wouldn't touch my family because I thought I would give them a terminal illness I describe it as your brain refusing to acknowledge what your eye can see be it that the oven is off or that the door is locked and it's a liar it lies to you all mental illness lies to you be it you know an eating disorder or a depression it, it makes you feel worthless so I'd sort of existed somehow with it and I'd self-medicated in my 20s you know I was drinking very heavily taking lots of cocaine and then I met my husband and then we got pregnant and it sort of went away the kind of be a mum thing kicked in and then after the wrong knickers came out it was very exposing and that will happen if you write a book yeah. <laughs> about men snorting cocaine off your breasts yeah. that, let that be a lesson to you <laughs> you take nothing else from this podcast <laughs> let it be that if you write a hugely exposing book you will feel hugely exposed and then after that I sort of crashed a bit and um, I just thought I'm sitting down every week writing a really personal column and yeah I don't feel able to talk about this and I thought I'm going to write about it and it was like the floodgates opened just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails and letters from telegraph readers it was astonishing people putting their hands up and saying me too maybe not obsessive compulsive disorder but other forms of mental illness and I realised very quickly that feeling weird it is absolutely normal. And my publishers, after the wrong knickers, had wanted me to do a novel and then they saw the response and said, this is what we've got to do. And it had never occurred to me. And I sat down to write it. And for me, it was quite a weird process. But what you learn is talking to professors and experts in the field is that most mental illness is incredibly treatable if you catch it early. Early intervention is key, just as it is with all illnesses. What I realised writing it was all these things in my life I'd never linked up. After the OCD, my hair fell out. Your hair falls out because of stress. And then after the alopecia, I developed bulimia, which I really was a kind of a way to keep control of my body and then you know the drugs I realized I was trying to quieten the voice in my head mental illness has this huge power over you if you don't know what it is and I realized that I needed to talk about it and so mad girl came out of that and it's not a self-help book I've never been able to help myself to anything <laughs> but Bryony with obviously deciding to write the book what repercussions have been for you because it's kind of opening up all of these old wounds and sort of readdressing yeah. things which maybe you'd sort of put to bed or maybe you'd sort of dealt I, with I I hadn't really put them to bed so it was useful I mean I got to the end of the book and I crashed like I got quite ill so that was January and I still feel very much like I'm coming out of that episode. What has made me feel a lot better is people sharing their stories with me. The more of us that stand up and say we have mental illness, the more that the government or authorities are unable to ignore us and the funding gets improved. You're working at the moment with the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, aren't you, to do this? I wouldn't say personally I'm working with the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. The Heads Together campaign, which the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and Prince Harry have launched. It's an umbrella group for eight different mental health charities, including Mind and Calm, which which is a great charity for men because men don't talk up about mental health issues enough and that's kind of reflected very much in the suicide rates which are terrible which will be the London Marathon's charity of the year next year which is absolutely incredible and I think I might be running the London Marathon for wow. now at the launch a couple of weeks ago I was introduced to the Duke and Duchess and I said to her I said to Catherine I said um, are you going to run the marathon and she was like oh I'm not sure and I was like if I can run the marathon you can it was like so amazing to have the most high 
high profile people in the country, you know, bar the Queen and David Beckham, perhaps giving their support to such an important issue and also really properly caring about it. Why do you think it's the case that men find it so much more difficult to talk about it? I have no idea. I mean, I think it's ingrained, isn't it? I said earlier, I'm not fighting a war, but actually it does feel like we're fighting a war because you hear these stories of people that just can't get any help. You know, they've gone to GPs, the infrastructure isn't there. I mean, on the flip side, I've met people who have had amazing treatment from the NHS and the NHS themselves, like, you know, this isn't NHS bashing. They themselves have come out and said, we need more funding. In your book, you say that there was that moment where your mother took you to the doctor and they put you on a watch and wait. And then in the car park, you were so upset by that that your mum went, right, we're going back in. How important has your family support been through all of this? I think it's really key talking of family support because a lot of people have put their hands up and said, I don't suffer from mental illness, but my sister does or my brother does. And it's really difficult. And how do you deal with it? People that don't suffer from mental illness are as important in this fight, if not more. (laughs) Just being there and just accepting and hugging them without any judgment is the most incredible thing and powerful thing. It can be really draining living with someone with mental illness. They are not trying to make it all about them. They're just really struggling. And it's really important to remember that anyone suffering from mental illness would give anything to be quote unquote normal, even though they are normal. You know, it must be really difficult for my husband to deal with. But this is again why we need to talk about it more. So, you know, carers can get that sort of support. You talk about having a therapist. I have cognitive behavioural therapy, which works great for me. I've met people who have been like, oh, nothing seems to work. And I'm like, well, then try something else. Yes. Try and try and try. The very act of trying to do something, you're taking control over the situation. And that in itself is very powerful. It depends where you live. It can be quite difficult to get therapy on the NHS, but therapy doesn't have to be expensive. 30, 40 quid, that is a quite a lot, but then it's your mental health. And that's really important. So, you know, you wouldn't think twice of spending that on a weekend of going out on the lash or something and then the cab's home but perhaps it's something we should be investing in and even if it's just once a month what do you hope will be the response to this book i hope that i hope it'll do well not so i can have a loft conversion but maybe a little bit though yes (laughs) so that people will talk about it i hope that people will share their stories i run this support group called mental health mates you just search mental health mates on facebook and it'll come up and you can join it's where you can go for walks with people on a sunday and you know you can talk about your issues or you don't have to but it's just a non-judgmental happy kind of space to be unhappy. Has your style been really key to attracting people to talk to you? Because you have written really serious stuff, but in a very accessible, typically humorous way. It wasn't frightening because of how you wrote it. I didn't want it to be a depressing book about depression. We've got enough of those. I wanted it to be quite uplifting and give you some hope. And there are sometimes quite funny bits about it. Like I used to take the iron to work with me to check it was switched off. It was in your handbag, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't like a normal iron. It was like a steam iron. Also, that's another reason I got rid of the big posh handbag because you can't like, fit an iron can't in take it. An iron in my <laughs> Has anyone seen my swimming giggles? So this is the sound of someone telling us we must move on to your second item, Bryony. What are we going to pull from your bag this time? Um, I'm going to pull my Battersea Park Children's Zoo pass, which is not mine. It's my daughter's and I can go in free with her. I love Battersea Children's Zoo uh, and it's got a great playground. Now you have a child. How has your social life changed? So my social life now I, I don't really have one no, but when I do it's during the day I don't want to go out at night anymore like are you bonkers I want my like Deliveroo and my Game of Thrones that's what I want and I want to be in bed by 9.30 I've realised it's much nicer to get up at 5 in the morning than go to bed at 5 in the morning <laughs> yeah it helps the next day doesn't it it does help a great deal your columns have changed massively with your lifestyle haven't they over the years there's been a definite shift yeah and... well they have to when you get pregnant and then married and I'm always a bit like oh is this really boring 
you know, writing about knits, but um, some people seem to like it. I do get some people going, oh, you're really boring now. You're like married. And I'm like, oh, sorry. How's family life for you? I love it. I love it. I feel like I haven't been able to give much time to my family at the moment because I'm sort of all over the place, but it's really important to me. It's the most important thing, but it's always been the most important thing. Um, And I'd rather spend time with Harry and Edie than anyone else in the world. So no offence. When you're writing, are you able to write from home? Is it quite a flexible job? Yes, I'm lucky. I'm really tremendously lucky in that respect. You know, if I need to get up at four in the morning and write, that's probably what I'm going to have to do tomorrow, by the way. Oh no, what do you have to write? I have to write a piece for the sun. Oh, I know. How important is it for you to explain your own experiences to help get your point across? Well, I think it is because it's just a human thing. It's just if you put yourself out there, then people feel less worried. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. I think I'm missing some sort of like self-edit chip, but I don't mind that people know this kind of thing. I don't feel ashamed of it. You know, like I have never been private and I've always felt like a klutz for that. You know, I should be mysterious. But, you know, I don't mind that people know because it's me. And if people judge me well then that's their problem it's not mine I also think we should do much less judging of other people and look more inside our own heads we're all human we all make mistakes we all have flaws and we're not perfect and that's okay that's like totally fine mommy I think you need a coffee Bryony can we have a final rummage in your bag okay so my final thing is a bright yellow Smythson diary it's old fashioned paper diary I love an old fashioned paper diary it doesn't matter how many people send me a google invitation on my iPhone the, like the app for the day app has just got hundreds of invitations people are like you're really rude you're not replying I'm like this is, this is like it's nothing send me. me a letter I don't, I don't want to be reminded five minutes before an event that it's happening like I need to be reminded five hours before I find just being able to look today look I've got podcasts Jessica and Charlotte whoop, whoop. tomorrow Imogen and Mabel that's a play date in case you didn't know therapy Monday more therapy Wednesday um, so we were in Bista me and my my husband and Edie a few months ago and we were in the Smythson shop and there was this bright yellow handbag I really loved but I was like I can't justify it and so this was Harry's Christmas present to me the tiny diary version of it <laughs> this is what we call I a mean, compromise when I say it's tiny what is that that's a Eight, yeah, A6. So that's my thing I always have with me because I'm kind of like trying to keep control of what's going on in the world. I'm very much at the moment when you have a book out. I don't know whether I'm coming or going and where I'm supposed to be at what time. And What does that look like for people who haven't released a book? That would include me. Okay, so let's talk. Okay, so the book came out on Tuesday. Got up at four o'clock in the morning. I went to Good Morning Britain where I spoke about mental health with Piers Morgan, which is always a good way to start a day. How is he? He's fine. He's great. I love Piers. He is married to a friend of mine. It's all show. He's a really nice guy. And then I came back. I got back here at 10 past seven. So, and Edie woke up and I had a morning of interviews that my publishers had planned. Edie was like <laughs> coughing. And I was like, I can't take her to nursery. I've got to take her to the doctor. And I was thinking, I take her to the doctor and the doctor will give us some antibiotics and then I can just bring her with me to the interviews and it'll be fine. And the doctor says, oh, she's got a non-blanching rash. I'm like, oh, no, not a non-blanching rash. <laughs> oh, no. I came here because she had a cough and I didn't even see the non-blanching rash. This has escalated. She said, well, just to err on the side of caution, there's probably nothing. I'm like, can we not err on the side of caution today? This is terrible. I think you need to take her to A&E. So I came out of the doctor and sitting in the doctor's surgery was the publicist from the publisher. She's like, so great, are we going to go to Audible now? And I was like, no, we're going to St. Thomas's. So we went to St. Thomas's. 
shows where we spent three hours where they were great and brilliant and they were like she's got a cough because she's been coughing so much it's broken the capillaries which is what the non-blood I'm like okay so she had a cough so we knew this at the beginning so I could have saved the NHS three hours <laughs> <laughs> so then had to sort of move everything and then do the interviews with Edie on my lap that afternoon I had an event every night this week and yesterday I did some radio and then when I finish with you guys I'm going to go to work and I'm going to write my column for Saturday's paper and check in because I have a day job <laughs> um, yeah so it's sort of like you just try and promote 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 um, and bore everyone until they're sort of like okay I'll just buy your book to shut you up <laughs> I get so, it so the diary um, is essential basically yeah this week this week most weeks is just empty but this week it has come in quite handy because I am all over the place when you um, do take Edie along to interviews and when you are involving her with your work how do people respond well I don't know I don't often take her along but you just have to sometimes just life it's more I worry more about how she responds and how boring she finds it yeah sometimes you just you have to that's what life throws at you um, and that's how you're able to show up and do the interview yeah and I'm like my job is much more flexible than my husband's the average person has to be in at nine so I can do it it's not ideal ideally the childcare would have shown up <laughs> but, but also because you very cleverly have always gone through and made your life fit perfectly with your work one feeds the yeah, other doesn't so it I always think oh there's a column in this <laughs> you know, there's a column in this but obviously okay. you're from a family of journalists I am, as well I am, I am, so I suppose I you grew up with and that I, I wonder how long I'll be before Edie has a column I mean <laughs> it's, it's inevitable you cheeky bolognese well Bryony you have been absolutely fantastic how's your experience been on handbags at dawn it's been great and I'm now even more proud of my backpack and I hope that women everywhere will be proud of their dirty calf kits and backpacks <laughs> we will it's only a shame <laughs> if you want to buy Bryony's book and do you know what you should it's available in all good bookshops yeah I don't know it might not be it's probably not available in any good bookshop but it's definitely available on Amazon <laughs> and you're on Twitter and Instagram aren't you Twitter is at Bryony underscore Gordon um, Instagram is at Bryony Gordon no underscore I think I'm on Snapchat but I don't use it <laughs> I only use things picture I myself with a dog nose it's important yeah. use of time I'm not going to be doing any Snapchatting thank you for coming Perfect. and thank, thank you for bringing they bought me flowers people beautiful flowers are they peonies because peonies are just the most wonderful flowers they are indeed peonies well you, you provide gave us a this chocolate, chocolate bun, bun. <laughs> which has been delightful um, we will be on Twitter and Instagram at Handbags Podcast if you want to speak to us if not we'll just be speaking to you next week thank you so much for listening bye 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 Mommy! I don't fucking Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 